This show may contain strong language and sexual content. If you're a minor looking for information or help without all the grown-up stuff, visit our website at mygayagendapodcast.com for resources. This episode contains discussion of hospitals and nudity in front of others. It also contains discussions about the LGBTQIA community, but you probably figured that out already. It's right in the title. Monday, we're super gay. Tuesday is also gay. Wednesday is still pretty gay. And Thursday, I have a night class. Friday, we continue to be gay. Saturday is the gayest day. Sunday, yeah, it's still gay, but we also record a podcast. Hello and welcome to My Gay Agenda, an investigative podcast where we interview the queer community and plan our world domination. My name is Jen. My name is CJ and we are your co-conspirators in trying to figure out whatever it is cisgender heterosexual people think it is we're doing. Oh, but CJ, what's on the bi schedule for today? We're talking with Darnell. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. Good. I'm good. We're here in the Mooter Museum at Philadelphia. <laughs> Uh, as Darnell is an employee, we we actually recorded with you before mm-hmm. on your podcast, yeah. uh, Rep Radio, and then we recorded here at the Mütter Museum, and now we're back mm-hmm. in an even fancier room. Yes. <laughs> and for all of those playing along at home, uh, this is also known as a Rep Radio studio, so if you ever hear those, uh, this room that we're in is one of Rep Radio studios. <laughs> I think it's Studio C. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want to set the scene. We're in like a sort of like library room, like with very old books and a huge conference table mm-hmm. and a large portrait of Samuel David Gross, whom the library is named after. Yes. So it's the Gross Library. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or this library's Gross. Yeah. <laughs> it's also it's a very large conference table and we're just sort of all like huddled together <laughs> in one up tiny on corner the, on the edge yes it's very cute <laughs> we didn't want to intrude yeah. yes <laughs> i just want somebody to walk in and not all of us just turn around and be like you made it to the gay council <laughs> are we doing gay council today <laughs> oh queer yes. congress oh. we made it <laughs> Plus, like, we're right on the other side of a door where, like, um, patrons of the museum mm-hmm. are. So I'm hoping that somebody passes by and just hears a very muffled, like, so what's it like being gay? <laughs> and I'm like, I gotta hang here for a minute. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just going to stand here at the door for a bit. <laughs> Next to a brain. <laughs> cool. So um, want to tell us a little bit about you? Sure. Uh, I am in artist. <laughs> cool. Uh, I'm also an IT professional and uh, dabble in marketing. So I think I spend uh, um, a good portion of my day trying to merge all of that into something usable mm-hmm. for um, uh, the situation that I'm in. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I always have tons of ideas that I, I got to keep a notebook handy so I can jot them down so I can get on with my life <laughs> think about other things and uh, yeah I'm a traveler a baker I have the prettiest cat on the planet and uh, I will fight you for that <laughs> title what's your cat's name <laughs> my cat's name is noobs because she was oh. new to my life so I call her noobs uh, but it's short for Nubian because she is a Nubian queen. <laughs> <clears throat> that's 
that's adorable. As somebody who is friends with you on Facebook, <laughs> the cat is very yes. beautiful. Yes. Um, and I've seen some of the things you have baked, and they also mm-hmm. look amazing. So <laughs> I can vouch yes, for those. Definitely. <laughs> From an aesthetic uh, point of view. There's a lot of love in my house. <laughs> mm, that's awesome. Yeah. It seems like you are a jack of many trades, but in very various fields. <laughs> yes, yes. I, it's kind of interesting when you think about... What is the through line for all of these things? And I don't know that I've quite <laughs> connected them all. I think they all have dotted lines. It's like, oh, I can see elements of preparation and planning and all of those things, but those might be the things I have in common, but they might be different because there are different challenges. They pull me in different directions mm-hmm. and give me a little bit more range. You know, so I think ultimately they all justify a producer's title. Mm. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. So You're I right. am a producer. Oh, did I mention I'm a podcast producer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two podcasts, actually. And uh, I'm proud to be on the masthead at uh, Broad Street Review. Um, nice. Now in the fourth season. And uh, I just got back from Edinburgh for the yeah. Edinburgh Festival Fringe. Nice. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, do you want to lead us on your queer journey? Sure. Uh, let's see. How far back does this go? <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a really common question here. <laughs> Get a lot of people, like, I, I always giggle a little whenever somebody starts off with a joke, like, well, it starts when I was a baby. And I'm yeah. like, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> it does. Yeah, I think, uh, I think, I guess, um, you know, the moments where I realized I was different. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my mom passed away at a young age. I was seven, mm. and young age for me, I was seven, and a young age for her. She was twenty-three. Oh, um, so I do remember, I do remember um, all of her belongings, like you know, being distributed throughout the family. Mm-hmm. And um, we were my, we were at my grandma's house one day, and there's a closet that had a big bag of clothes in it. And I remember these clothes were my mom's clothes. Mm-hmm. And uh, there in, in this bag was a dress that I remembered seeing her in in a photo, like one of the few photos that were hanging up of her. And uh, I do remember at that time not having a clear idea of what I was doing, but uh, putting on that dress and uh, proceeding to runway down the hallway. And uh, <laughs> and I don't know. My cousins were there, and I think there was laughter. But it was uh, it was like a safe space in the moment because I don't think anybody ever like remember you put on that dress or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But it was just this moment where I was like really connected to my mom because I remembered that dress, mm-hmm. and I think uh, just putting it on was just you know, a a feeling connected to her in a way. And I didn't read anything into it at all. (laughs) Uh, But I do remember that as an earlier moment of saying, like, I'm probably not, uh, you know, you're probably not going to be able to compare me to uh, too many people. Mm -hmm. You know, there's going to be something unique about me. And uh, I just have to figure out how to stay out of my way (laughs) my own way for it of course i wouldn't figure that out until uh years of therapy (laughs) but 
having that clarity now as like in hindsight of course looking back on it you're like that's what you were doing then okay oh all these signs were there you're you might actually be where you're supposed to be right now today mm. yeah like this sort of like um expression that you feel comfortable yeah partaking in before mm -hmm. the world is like no actually you yeah. don't do that um i i always sort of delight in like stories about like uh, queer kids because mm -hmm. it's like this is the person that you get to be before the world is able to convince you first yeah. that yeah. you're yeah. wrong. Mm -hmm. I just really, I really <clears throat> something clicked in my head with the phrase of like staying out of one's own way. Like that's mm. just, I loved that <laughs> a lot. It takes oh. a, it takes a, it's a lot of wallflowering mm. that you have to do before you realize that there's, and I think. I think it. That's why I think it. If 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 I were in and if I did have to give an elevator pitch in general, I would say I'm a producer um, because I'm always thinking about how to like make sense of these things. And um, yeah, that thought of getting out of your own way. Um, you start. You spend a lot of time placing blame. You start saying, "Oh, well, it's these people who made me feel uncomfortable. It's these people who." you know, didn't allow me to be myself, but it was like, really? How much control did they have over you? And how much did you allow them to have? Because you had control over the situation the whole time. So if you gave them that kind of authority over you, and they are not worthy of that, I mean, so you take it back. And then you, taking it back is a way of getting out of your own way as well, I think. Mm -hmm. At least for me. I mean, and it's definitely not something I do every day. It's something when I have clarity, I can move forward and get, I feel very productive for a, a good period of time. It's like I got out of my own way to figure this out. This mm -hmm. is, oh, I see. I can't control this or I can't really change this. So now that I know that this is the normal, how do I move forward knowing that this is the normal? Mm. And uh, so if I can deal with this, then at least I have all of that figured out when change uh, presents itself. Mm -hmm. Because when there's change, it's like, well, I already figured out the rest. So now these are just blips on the radar, you know? Yeah. And let's just figure, now we figure out if, if those blips matter, if they change the overall flow of things, or if everything's still the same. But either way, I'm still very much in control. <laughs> um, so you mentioned like that that like that there was that like initial moment for you in childhood and then like it took a couple of years later to like truly like realize your identity. Do you recall like what that point was? I think um, when I started adopting sort of labels or trying on boxes, I guess. I think was was in high school because mm -hmm. in high school, you know, uh, your your first sort of real instance in life is the lunchroom because mm -hmm. there's so many islands in the lunchroom literally because there's tables. These tables mm -hmm. have there's space between these tables and there's certain people who sit at these tables. Mm -hmm. um, and you start realizing that you're you're going to gravitate to some of these tables for various reasons. And I, you know, realized early on that I was like, I have an appreciation for 
what we are deemed to have, what is considered to be the norm. Mm -hmm. So in this case, I had an appreciation for women, like people have appreciation for women, mm -hmm. you know, but I knew it was a little bit more than that. Um, but I was, uh, I was comfortable with that, so I was like, okay, let me just hold on to that as something I've got a handle on. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but I'm going to be open to the rest of this and just figure it out for myself. And it was internal, and I don't think I ever really gave it too much thought about what the world was going to think of me kind of sorting these things out. It was really... Um, it was really a, a, a sort of a lesson I was having with myself. But I think it came from the therapy I mentioned. Um, later on, after my mother had passed, uh, my grandmother, uh, you know, uh, sent me to a therapist. Mm -hmm. um, because I hadn't, in, her, in their opinion, I hadn't grieved for my mother uh, in a way that, you know, felt like it was healthy. Mm -hmm. So uh, those conversations that I had um, were really helpful. And I just remember at the end saying, you know, it was almost like walking out of the door. So just to be clear, um, I, if I have emotions, I'm able to express those. And I don't have to keep those bottled up. I can actually tell people how I feel. Like, <laughs> you're giving me you're giving me permission to do this. You know, I remember being like nine or 10 saying like, oh. so I can do this. And they were like, yes. So I walked out of the room and later on I would return to that kind of mindset. It was like, I'm only, you know, I might be ruffling feathers in this moment because I'm being honest to myself. Like I'm telling you how I feel right now. Mm -hmm. And if that's not acceptable to you right now, then that's your issue, but I'm solving my problem yeah. because I'm getting this out because I need to. And, you know, now that I've gotten that out, whether it was right or wrong, you know, the work can begin. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if I, if I wasn't able to get that out, to release that um, pressure, then, you know, we, would be any, we wouldn't be anywhere. So... I think it was, it was, it was kind of interesting that I didn't come to like a sense of clarity about my own identity until uh, the end of high school, because all the signs were there, like the <laughs> stereotypical signs. It's like, okay, uh, you hang around a lot of boys, right? I mean, <laughs> of course you're a boy. You want to do boy things. Like we hung out in the woods. We went bike riding. We went camping. Like you know, we got. We acquired alcohol <laughs> and cigarettes and, mm -hmm. you know, um, uh, but there are, and, and there were things like we did that were just very normal. Like we would, we would wrestle and those things were, you know, there was a part of me saying like, you're getting a little bit more out of this wrestling <laughs> than they're probably getting out of it. That's a different kind of wrestling. We'll just, we'll just keep that. We'll just keep that in here. And look forward to the wrestling, <laughs> you know, or try to try to control it. There was definitely a part of me that wasn't really open to being in it. But we had a friend who was a little bit older than us, and um, you know, we just classified him as a bully, but we also classified him as a friend. He was just older than us. Hmm. 
he wasn't a bully. Like, he was the neighbor. And he was older. He came over. And he would always get us into a situation where we had to compete against each other. And um, my friend had this really cool tree fort mm -hmm. that we used to hang out in. And it's like, all right, race to the top. Whoever gets up there the fastest is the winner. And then the loser has to fight me. You know, it's like, what? what? It's like, what? I don't know. I don't want to play. I don't think I can. I'm not confident enough to get up this tree very quickly. But it was sort of like, you know, it was we either had to fight him or he would make us fight. Oh. But it wasn't like, oh, see bloodshed. You know, it's just sort of like who's, you know, some level of submission. Like, all right, I quit. You win. Right. But, uh... You know, looking on later, I was like, maybe he was exploring his own identity at that time. Mm. And he was sort of using us as, like, puppets <laughs> to sort of figure that out. Because, um, yeah, because all the signs were there. It's like, I think maybe other people maybe read that about him. We didn't. We just read it. It was like, oh, he's, he's always trying to make us fight. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to hang out anyway. Because uh, he's... Because he's a, he's a boy, and he just oozes being a boy. So mm -hmm. I think the part of me that wanted to hang out was the fact that he just oozed being a boy. Mm. It was like, I just want to be around boys. Mm. So I'll hang out with all you guys, and I will find my own balance for all the things you're exploring. And uh, whether it's good or bad for me, I will figure it out. You know, Try to find a safe way to be here with you but not necessarily give in or, or get swept up by, you know, the things that you're all doing. Because mm. uh, they were not, if I, I don't know, if they were the greatest kids to hang out with. Um, but they weren't terrible. You know, they just got me into some situations, uh, you know, and growing up that I had to really confront. Mm. <clears throat> and, you know, of course, ultimately had to pull away from them, but it was tough because they sort of helped me figure out who I was. But I will tell you, those kids, uh, if you were to look at them in a lineup, you'd be like, those are the bad kids. I don't know <laughs> why Darnell's hanging out with them, but maybe they're not so bad because they've got Darnell in their mix. And it was sort of like, uh, like we would go places and some of the kids couldn't go unless they said, Darnell's going. Oh. It's like, oh, well, Darnell's going. All right, okay. Don't come back late, you know, something <laughs> like that. So I feel like this is the plot of like a, uh, a coming of age tale. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> it's like a real like stand by me. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I mean, but this group of friends was there when I figured out my identity. Um, I mean, at first I knew I had this interest in women because I felt like I was supposed to. Mm -hmm. And I knew I had an appreciation, but I, I didn't, it wasn't like, oh, there's a repulsion. There's no, like, I didn't have a repulsion. Right. I just didn't fully understand it. I'm sitting with one of my friends in this group and I was like, well... I said, I, I like her, but I, I'm not like all these other guys who are like, oh my God, if I had a chance with her, man, I would, and this, and like, <laughs> <laughs> Just all this like, really? Do you even know how to do any of that stuff? It sounds like it hurts, and it sounds like it's not fun. It sounds demeaning, like, you know, yeah, we didn't yeah. know. We were just hearing whatever we heard from someone. But he just sat there and sort of like a throwaway, he was like, maybe you're bisexual. What? 
what? <laughs> He's like, maybe you're, maybe you're bi. Maybe you like both. And it was like, I just wanted an answer. And I was like, I just adopted it so quickly. I was like, yeah. <sighs> that makes, wow. It's like, I felt like I had to fit in one of these boxes. Mm. It's like, maybe I just hang out in both of these boxes. Because even in my circle of friends, I was like a chameleon. I was hanging out mm, yeah. with different groups of people. But at that time, that made sense. That was freshman year. Mm. Uh, but it did feel silly later on once I had owned that title. Because uh, I do remember at the lunch table saying, you know, breaking, breaking the chatter. Like, mm. everyone was... Guys, I'm bisexual. Like, it just sounds silly. Just silly to say it right now, too. Like, there's just no cool way to say it, you know? <laughs> but everything stops. A record skips, you know, forks fall to the table. Like, the whole entire cafeteria stops, you know, as far as I'm concerned. Right. Mm. And one of my friends at the table, at the end of the table, he's like, you're, you're wrong. Like, he repeats it. He's like, you're bisexual? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like... Alright. <laughs> Everybody went back to their thing. You know, uh, one of the guys who was sitting next to me like sort of chimes over. He's like, he's like, you're not joking, right? Like, you know, right. just kind of get a confirmation. But everybody, the same people were at the same table next day. Mm. You know, it was so weird. It was like, I don't even know how much of this we understand. I barely understand it. But they just, they're just like, okay, that's who you are. Mm. And you know, whenever I hear that somebody else had such a hard time, I'm just like, oh, I just, I just really hope there's something I can say that gives them a little bit more confidence because mm. I didn't experience that. But I also uh, knew that they were, uh, they were, uh, they were trying to sense fear so that they could play on that fear. And if they didn't sense it, they couldn't. Mm. You know. Um, it's something in hindsight, you know, I've said on other interviews, if we could just go back to our former self and say, just chill, I'm, I'm telling you, you're going to be so cool. Everybody's going to love you. Like, you're just going to be, you're going to be wonderful. Everything about you. Like, I'm welling up just thinking about the person that you're going to become. And I can't wait for you to realize that. And when you do, you know, I just want to, I'm going to be as happy as I and now telling you, but I just need you to hang in there a little bit, you know? Yeah. If we could have, if, if there was a dream that could, you know, our, for, you know, our future self could have come to us and said, you're gonna be so content with the you you become. Mm. And uh, it's, it's just like a piece of art where we can't wait to share this art with the world when we are, when we have, when we are completely off book when we have all of our blocking, when mm-hmm. all of our cues are in place, when we look up and say, I think we got a show here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to share this with the world. It's the, same, it's the thing that allows you to address an entire audience without being completely nervous because you're saying, we're so proud of this that I cannot wait to share it with you. I am going to get into character. We are going to get into character and we are going to tell you a story that we hope is as moving to you as it is to us mm-hmm. and then we're going to do it again tomorrow for another audience we're going to keep doing it until we run out of money in this venue <laughs> <laughs> yep. we're good for about two weeks yep uh, 
we can't do it on a Sunday. They have another booking on that day, so we can't do a show that <laughs> day. We tried to do a matinee. It just wasn't going to make sense. It was just a mess. We're going to keep doing it until the playwright <laughs> says that we can't yes. anymore. <laughs> mm. um, I, and I guess that's what also what pulled me into the arts because, I mean, that whole mindset kind of makes more sense in the creative. Mm. Uh, and it allows you to just sort of stay on a track. You're like, wait a minute. If I can, if I can make this happen with a piece of art, this has to affect my life. It is every it is pressing every button that I'm trying to press in my life, you know, to uh, to get those sense that sense of completion, contentment, happiness. It's like so if I'm if I'm doing that through art, uh, then I can find those elements in my life, and everything is art. Oh. <laughs> I'm a lovely. rambler. Can you tell? No, I no. Two I podcasts. Mean, that was lovely. I hardly ever speak on my podcast, and I edit myself out because I want the person I'm interviewing to, to take center stage. I'm like, I'm just the sound guy here. But now you're the center stage. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, it's the Darnell show. <laughs> so. This is all stream of conscious, too. Like, I'm not even like, oh, I, I took some notes. I was thinking about this. I've been thinking, milling it over for like four days. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> well, as long as you have the center stage, what is something you would like to tell cis straight people for the very last time, and then you never have to hear about it <laughs> never ever again? again. Never uh, again. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I was thinking that, and I was just like, I guess, um, <laughs> well, I mean, this is, it's sort of obvious. It's like, just because you're, uh, just because you're, if, if your preference is same sex, it does not mean you, uh, have the same level of interest for everyone of same sex. Just like in general, whoever you're interested in. Um, it's not every single person. It yeah. might be elements of people, but it's not every single person. And for you to for you to say, like, I'm okay being you with you being who you are. Just don't just don't approach me. Like Oh How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> what audacity? Like, you're, first of all, you're not even putting your best self forward saying this right mm -hmm. now. It's not even necessary. Like, you, why wouldn't you want to know if how I felt about you? I mean, why would you have such a concern about it? You're basically <laughs> saying, look, look, uh, just just erase all those thoughts from your mind. I know I'm a smoke show here, but <laughs> I just don't have any time. To entertain this with you, but it just seems like wouldn't you're just closing yourself off to potentially great conversations that mm. you know maybe I could be honest with you in a way that no one else can mm -hmm. because you know how you feel about yourself. Of course, we know that that's an insecurity; it's a fear. Mm. Yeah, and they haven't quite unpacked. Maybe they're looking at everything on surface layers and they can't unpack um, why someone would have attraction for them and why you can just be okay with that and still move forward in your yeah. life. You know, they just go, I can't reconcile this. I gotta, I gotta understand and I need you to not feel this way about me, you know, yeah. or something. It's like, but I don't know, just, but yeah, just to assume that everyone who is, uh, who is same sex is going to be interested in you, specifically you, is just laughable, period. The confidence. I mean, I mean, how many years have you been on Tinder and Match.com and yeah. all these things? Like, you can't find mm. people who are supposed to like you based on, like, 
Yeah. You know, whatever this algorithm says. You can't find somebody on the playing field. What yes. makes you think? Yes, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I just always thought that that was a ridiculous thing for anybody to think. But of course, now we're looking back at it. And if I was as, if I knew as much as I knew now that I could take them to task and really challenge them. Mm. And maybe it's like, I would say something like, uh, look, I don't need to be your boyfriend, but I'm going to work really hard to be your friend. Mm. Like, watch me. Yeah. I'm going to find a way to find something that we have in common mm. so that we could be friends. I know you think right now that this, this piece of me that has nothing to do with you makes you entirely uncomfortable, but I assure you that you and I can find something in common uh, that we can enjoy. And you'll be like, I, I can't believe I ever mm. felt that way about you. What a, what a potential for missed opportunity if mm. I had pursued that. Yeah. I feel like the people who are like, oh, that's fine, just like don't hit on me or whatever, or like as long as you don't have feelings for me, um, I feel like it really reveals to how those people view mm-hmm. attraction yeah. and like things where it's like, <clears throat> is is it always predatory in your yeah, mind? Yes. Like, can you, can you not have feelings for someone without being like, mm-hmm. I don't know, a creep about it? Or yeah. are they asking or they, or they actually, it's a little reverse psychology. They're waiting oh, they're like, for somebody to go, hot. darn, <laughs> tell I, me was, yeah. I was going to hit on you, curses. Like, I, I, always, make, I always go to like an extreme. Like, mm. let's say, let's say someone's, you're sleep, I'm sleeping over the house of, a, of another guy. And he says, I normally sleep naked, so don't approach me at night or something <laughs> like that. First of all, why are you even telling me? Mm-hmm. And you, you basically, now I'm curious <laughs> because you? you gave me something that was very personal to you and then you told me, but you, but you, you also don't want me to do anything with that knowledge. It's like, it's all right, like, good night, cool. Yeah, it's like, good night. Just, just so you know, behind this door, I'm completely in the bottle. <laughs> Have a good night. You, know. you wouldn't know otherwise, Drinks but now that fridge. you know, don't, absolutely yes. don't, don't. Yeah. Don't even think about thinking about my butt. You're thinking about, don't exactly. think about my butt. <laughs> you know, it was like, you even saw it on TV. If it's like, if the room is a knocking, you know, if the room is a rocking, mm. don't come a knocking. It's like, if well, the entire room is rocking. I know. <laughs> it's like, uh, but you're basically, now you're drawing our attention to it. Maybe we're extra sensitive of whether the room, I think that room is it's teetering. I don't know <laughs> if it's rocking, but it is. It's listing a bit. I don't know. I don't know. You know? In it, like in a dressing room of a theater, sometimes like if uh, like there's like different rooms to change in or something like that, I'll be like, "All right, uh, just a heads up, I'm changing in here, so like don't be mm-hmm. alarmed, like don't walk in here. I mean, unless you want to yeah. see me naked, like <laughs> whatever." <laughs> I mean, some of it is designed to be disarming, like that. There's humor in it, so yeah. you're mm-hmm. obviously. You're obviously letting them know that you're you're comfortable enough with yourself, but just in case you have some concerns, yeah. I want to let you know that I'm going to be in here. Yeah. If you Jane. don't want to see me naked, <laughs> yes. then stay over here. Over here is the CJ naked zone. <laughs> <laughs> and then every, everyone shows up and they have this like dumb conversation they're having with you just while yes. you're getting changed. <laughs> What about bubble gum? Do you like bubble gum? <laughs> what kind of flavors do you like? Where do you even get bubble gum these days? <laughs> mm. 
Is it the same See, as I've, chewing gum? I've had people come into a changing room and just start conversations casually like that. Yeah. I'm not a fan. <laughs> but I, I feel like I feel like they are trying to find a way to feed their curiosity. Yeah, bubble gum. Because well, there's like there's a huge difference between if like if we're in a show mm-hmm. and we're getting into our costumes and we're all just like changing in front of each other and talking about bubble gum. Yeah, it's a very different thing when just like mm-hmm. another person just comes in yeah. and like I had someone come into a changing room before a show once and I was like buttoning my shirt and he just came over and like leaned on my shoulder and started talking to the person next to me. Oh, uh, <laughs> I was like, what's happening? Excuse. Me? I was like, I don't care technically. But what, also, what is happening? <laughs> You're like, is this comfort? Are you comfortable in this space? Or are you asserting some dominance? Yeah. It's like, like you're like not even to. in this show. What's <laughs> <laughs> You're like, do you have a ticket? I didn't buy it. I, I didn't buy it yet. Oh, no, no, How no. did you get back here? This is extra. <laughs> <laughs> You'll need a VIP ticket for that. And we only sell those on Wednesday. <laughs> did you buy a pass for the meet and greet? Because... <laughs> That's what I call my tits. <laughs> <laughs> the meat and meat. Oh my god. Meat yes. and oh, that's perfect. All right. So, uh, Darnell, what is on your gay agenda? Uh, I felt like well, it's a, you know, it's a it's a living document like most yeah. of life. Okay. So, I feel like uh, on my checklist uh, on my gay agenda is an Instagram for my cat, news. Yes. <laughs> She's just so fierce. I will follow right? it. Hashtag A B S, always be serving, because mm. <laughs> she's always serving. <laughs> I feel like she's like, wait a minute, you know. just a little post. Yeah, I have this camera. It's like a, it, it gives like a ten second warning, and she's always like, just getting in position. I'm like, yes, get it, moves. yes, girl. And she just poses, and she's there. Like, if she was, I figure, if she didn't want these photos, she would leave. Yeah. She was just like, you fed me already, and I got the snacks, which I appreciated, but I'm done giving you time right now. <laughs> you and your camera, because you always have it out. <laughs> uh, but the other thing is, um, just that I'm done apologizing. Yes. You know, uh, earlier this morning, earlier this year, I went, um, well, actually, when it opened, I became a charter member of the National Museum of African American history and culture in DC. Right. And um, I even came back here and, and told my coworkers, I, I give them what I call blackstra credit. So it's like, <laughs> here's something that you should be aware of. It's usually in media. Mm-hmm. Um, but I say, uh, I was like, I think the museum is, uh, I think we're required to be charter members. So we should all be charter members. And I went to the museum and I walk out saying, like, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough just to preserve and promote my own culture, or just all that I am. Mm -hmm. I do put a lot of focus in promoting our community, I think, but it is kind of surface when you think about it because there are cultures that shape our community as well. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I wasn't doing enough to raise awareness of my own culture. So I started thinking about that in uh, the guest host that I was bringing in. I mean, I mean, in the guests that I was bringing mm-hmm. to various podcasts. And I said, I gotta have these conversations. How am I not having them? There's a part of me that just feels like I already understand this. So that's why I wasn't having the conversation because it's all about discovery. 
But then I was thinking like, you know, the audience can benefit from this discovery too. We can have great conversations because we, uh, on both sides of the microphone, we have this uh, familiarity mm-hmm. with what we're talking about. So um, I just started hearing all the, all the opportunities they try to hold uh, minorities back, people, in co- people of color, and, and it just, there's, unfortunately, they're trying to lump everyone into this box that they're calling minority. Mm-hmm. Because you're a minority in some way, uh, whether it's uh, your gender or um, your nationality or, uh, you know, if you're tall or you're short, you know, <laughs> or you on that side of the street, whatever. We make up excuses to find, put people in the other category. And um, I'm just done because there's so much more fun on the other side anyway. So I don't know why we have had such a hard time just owning that we were in that box anyway. So we're there. I'm done apologizing. This is me. So the, the me that comes to work today, the me that sits in front of a microphone, the me that sits on the couch with my partner, the me that loves my cat and overflows <laughs> social media with her presence. You know, that is the same me all around. So um, if you don't understand uh, the me that I'm giving you right now, then please do your homework because <laughs> because I'm, I'm kind of an open book on social media and none of this is hidden from you. So maybe if you can understand the last three or four posts that I made today, you might have a better understanding of why um, uh, our interaction was the way it was. Mm. You know, um, you might understand a little bit of back you might have a little bit of background as to some why I've taken a position that I've taken you know and then we don't have to work so hard <laughs> to try to understand each other and because I'm out there constantly in discovery mode I'm constantly in there trying to figure out how I can relate with other people how um, someone else's plight is is something I need to be aware of as well and not just sitting here thinking, well, that's all about me. And as long as my house is clean and my lights are on, then I don't have to worry about the fact that there's a terrible storm outside and that there are people who don't have, you know, a roof over their heads and they're out there in this, you know. So, um, and then whatever you feel about me, if there's someone out there who just doesn't agree with the way I live my life or how I carry on, it's that's your problem because I'm done apologizing. <laughs> I know enough to not need your permission because I've given it to myself and I'm already hard on myself. So (laughs) I'm hard on myself because I have choice and control. And uh, so um, if I don't even know you as well, yeah, you more, you most certainly have no (laughs) power authority here. So, um, you know, if I, if I enter into your town and disrespect you, we can have a conversation about that. But if I just enter into your town and you're just like, I don't like you, you don't even know me. So uh, because I'm new to your space, then maybe you should be in discovery mode and try to understand a little bit about me, you know, and we can apply this to the, the greater picture of, you know, immigration and so on. It's like, where would we be if people weren't different? I mean, the fact that I see different people all the time makes me smile every day. I'm just like, wow, look at that family. It's just 
they're just awesome. Just being a family over there. Mm -hmm. This, you know, you can almost observe some people's cultures and things that they hold on to just by observation. And you're just like, I'm so glad that you have that. It's something I've never seen before. And to see you all engage in it was a beautiful thing. Mm. It doesn't mean I want to appropriate it and take yeah. it. It just means I'm glad that you're there because you make, it's like if all the flowers were red because that's your favorite color, then it would be boring after a while. You'd be like, ugh, I know these are roses and these are tulips, but they're all <laughs> red flowers when you look at them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, so... I think all those differences are what makes the world brighter and mm. makes it a better place to live. I mean, it's that's why it's like if we can shove some more colors into our rainbow, let's do it yeah. because <laughs> the colors that are in there are already fabulous and beautiful. So let's try to include more people into this, and then we'll we'll end up we'll end up all being over here, and it won't be necessary to to have this. Mm. all these colors reflected in here it's like oh so this is just everybody now it is we're all here <laughs> we're all here and we've always been here so apparently we can spread out now we're all sitting on this one chair here just like here in this boardroom yeah. <laughs> we're on the edge of this table but we have so much space yeah i yeah. like it yeah so i'm done apologizing yes. <laughs> amazing love that anybody who's looking for an apology for me Forget it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, Jen, want to lead our game? All right. So um, I am wont to complain on this podcast about a lack of queer representation in media. Mm -hmm. um, and especially because we're in the motor, I was thinking a lot about like the medical drama. I'm a big fan of, fan of like House or um, Drama D's like Scrubs. Um, but they're both very straight. So I was hoping uh, my gay agenda could produce right now. We can come up with a um, a queer medical drama. <laughs> All I have for you is a title, which is um, hem, Gay's Anatomy. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> we should have seen it coming. Yeah. <laughs> no, every new pun is like, yeah, no, I should have seen that. <laughs> It is my one job on this podcast. <laughs> okay. I'm on board. All right. So. I'll pull up to the table of this writer's room. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> who's, who's our main character? Who's our in? Uh, um, I feel like, I feel like uh, because we're breaking a mold here, I feel like this person should be non-binary. Love it. Yes. Um, because it, it would also make for an interesting orbit around them, you know? Because you can include everyone else if the center, mm -hmm. if, if our center figure is non-binary. So I, I think that would be good. It also means that whoever they have inevitable romantic drama with, mm -hmm. um, whoever it is, uh, it's automatically gay. That's <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It opens, it opens up so many guest spots. Yes. True. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Every week, like, another you know celebrity comes on. And we're going to keep this ensemble at four, and we're just going to have a bunch of uh, featurings. I'm here for it. <laughs> I love I'm that. Keep it. it under budget. It's producer's mind. Queer icons come in and be like, I'm a doctor from this hospital. I transferred here for... A day. <laughs> a day. Look at all this romantic tension. <laughs> Where'd that wind come from? <laughs> I really, 
<laughs> just from like a story like I mean the, the hospitals already have people who stay for maybe a short period of time yeah. it's the patients mm-hmm. but instead we're cast <laughs> instead we're casting the guest stars you as doctors who show well, up for a day you can't get you can't get comfortable with the uh, with the doctors and with the, I mean, the medical staff we need to we no need one. to if there's going to be a romantic tension because ethically we could not have our non-binary doctor flirting with a different patient every yeah. week that would make them a bad doctor that's really <laughs> and it always ends with that conversation and it's like well good thing I just clocked out <laughs> oh no <laughs> oh no oh boy that's fair. Okay, so it does have to be a rotating yeah. list of doctors. So it's yeah. like it's like a will they or won't they all day, all day <laughs> as they're working. But will as soon they? as they punch out, it's like we doing the thing or what? <laughs> <laughs> will like, they won't they all day every day? Yes. <laughs> we had to call in a specialist for this. We have a person comes in and they're like, "Hello, it's me, Doctor Chair." <laughs> Guess who's going to be dating the specialist? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well. We gotta tread lightly on that because that could create some connotations we're not we're not interested in going in. We don't wanna see I don't know if we wanna give the illusion that our lead is promiscuous. Oh yeah, there mm-hmm. is definitely the whole like um, if if a, somebody is not monosexual, then it's like they'll fuck anybody. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Jack from Doctor Who, <laughs> and also River Song from Doctor Who, also oh, the Doctor yeah. from Doctor Who. Oops. Doctor Who does that a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, well, what if the, the, the um, our Doctor they form a different they form a relationship with the person every week and sometimes it's romantic but sometimes it's just a close friendship or sometimes it's like we're just gonna snuggle and watch a movie (laughs) (laughs) or or it's all right so it's a new guest star every week right but once a guest star joins they don't leave (laughs) and we just continuously accumulate more and more guest stars and some of them start a relationship with the main character others don't and like eventually like the hospital is pretty much just run by a polycule because we're because we're budgeting we're managing the finances if they're just recurring (laughs) so we can keep them in but we don't have to commit to them for a whole season yeah and show up every episode or two just to fill it out a little bit yeah 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 Yeah. (laughs) right okay so they're not there like every single time but they could come back at any moment. Yes. yes. Okay, okay. Yeah, I yeah. misunderstood for a moment. You always like, keep the audience anticipating. Whatever happened to... <laughs> Dr. Cher. And then suddenly <laughs> Dr. Cher's back. <laughs> Apparently. Social media said Dr. Cher's time to come back was now. So <laughs> the next two episodes... Oh, wait. It was just Cher tweeting at us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All caps. Um... <laughs> Because, like, you know those, like, Simpsons posters where it's, like, every Simpsons character ever and it's, like, yeah. too oh many God, characters? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be, like, that situation for a second where mm-hmm. it was, like... Well, that's what I was positing, but also... Okay. But, I mean, okay, so, like, it's sort of both because it's not, like, every single Simpsons character's on the show at every second either. Yeah. They also, that's true. They also have recurring characters. But their, focus, right. but their focus is an entire town. Whereas usually a medical drama is about this particular one hospital, hospital. and but the hospital the services many towns. Yeah, mm. but it is it it does it does lend itself to you know guest stars because of patients as well. Yeah. So the patients that mm. are coming in too, we can 
I mean, you can create that drama too. Without without it turning into a relationship, maybe all of maybe all of these appearances uh, make for great conversations. Mm. Uh, you know, moments of clarity, like just uh, opportunities to educate. Yeah. You know? So we're, th- we're thinking like um, a drama D, where it's like Scrubs, where it's goofy until it gets real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm on board with that. And sometimes <laughs> it's Doctor Cher, and other times it's just like a patient who the mm-hmm. person isn't dating, but it's like, oh wait, who's our next patient? Jonathan Van Ness. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. And it comes in, seriously, honey, I got this strained leg and I got to take care of it before I get to the ball, okay, honey? <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. I mean, that's very likely for him. He does uh, all the <laughs> gymnastics. Yes. <laughs> he does. He's, he, he does gymnastics. I follow his Insta. Oh, I could just imagine uh, Jonathan Van Ness as a, as a guest star. Like, I don't even know. Would he be a doctor or would he be a patient? I like, hmm. I mean, he fixes so many people on Queer Eye. Isn't yeah. it time that somebody helped him? Somebody helped him. Yeah. Concept. Lampshade that. He is a doctor in one episode for like a second. And then like <laughs> the next episode, he's like, we get sick too. Penny. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, could, I could totally see him having, um, he could have really touching moments with, with other uh, guest stars. Mm-hmm. In the moment, and you're just like, you're like, shouldn't he be a regular? I mean, that was a really great episode. <laughs> like, <laughs> like we can't afford him. Oh, so. that's I mean, true. We'll try to get him in what we can. Yeah. I mean, we'll we'll keep teasing that he's coming back. We'll write him into scripts and everything. We'll have him on the phone. Okay, thank you. Oh, that was him again. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> He'll just show up whenever he wants the audience to. along. <laughs> I want to watch this show. Yeah. yeah, I think we've established a good show oh, here. Oh, what state, what channel is this on? Who are we, who are we shopping this to? Oh, this is, um... Didn't we, come, didn't we make up our own TV channel in a previous episode? <laughs> we might have, We made our own MTV. <laughs> it can go... Well, hmm, this doesn't feel like an MTV kind of thing. Well, though. nothing feels like MTV anymore. <laughs> There's a lot on MTV. Yeah, but, like, I can think of, like, MTV TV shows and stuff like Next. That's fair. Or, like, The Real World. Yeah. Um, which I want to have my gay agenda make stuff like that too, but this feels more like I don't know. Um, hmm. I mean, it feels like it feels like the direction that Netflix would go in, and yeah. Netflix would greenlight it just on the idea. But Netflix might cancel us. That's true. At least true. expect it one would, day at a time. But they would cancel us after they threw us a lot of money for the first season. That's true. And the fact that uh, even if they did cancel us, we would. Uh, we would have the opportunity to get uh, people who missed us the first time around to watch it. And they're going to be like, that gay's anatomy was pure. I don't know why they canceled that. It was great. Sign the petition. Yes. (laughs) And then we'll be sold to to Hulu Mm -hmm. in a crazy shakeup. It'll be crazy. (laughs) But our first season will be exclusive to Netflix for two more years. And then the new season start on Hulu. I like I like your plan for us. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. All right. Thank you. And then Hulu buys Netflix. <laughs> oh no. Yes. <laughs> and then Disney Bu- Plus buys them all. Disney, Disney's Disney buys an unending on monopoly. Yeah. Doesn't Disney already own Hulu? Uh, yes, I think so. But I think they sold their share because of Disney Plus. Yeah. It's hmm. weird. 
It's a whole thing. Anyway, yeah, we don't have time to unpack now, all of Disney. Now I'm sad because of capitalism. Disney yeah. has a gay agenda. <laughs> they need to have a distinctly heterosexual agenda. I'm fucking sorry. <laughs> that gay days, though. Mm. I don't know what that's about. Me neither. And like they're not sponsoring or... it. Here's We're day. doing all the work for them. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's not yeah. official. That's just oh, a bunch okay. of us being like, what if we all go to Disney at the same time? Yeah, yeah. it's literally just a gay wide Disney trip, but oh, they don't. It's kind of like the Six Flags thing. Yeah, it is kind of like the Six Flags thing. Oh, then never mind. Yeah. No credit. Next time, we'll take over all theme we parks. We need a gay prince, yeah. like, now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My first thought was, like, the artist formerly known as, and I was like, what? wait. <laughs> we, need a gay, we need a gay artist formerly known as Prince, like, yes. right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just need Prince. We need Prince. Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, do you want to plug your podcasts? Uh, yes. Um, my podcast is Rep Radio, now, it's in, now in its 10th season. Uh, if you listen now, you go to repradio.org and you can uh, follow our adventures to Edinburgh Festival Fringe as we prepare for Fringe Arts here. Um, my other podcast is Broad Street Review Podcast, and um, they're kind of on the same platform, sort of this little partnership that uh, has gone very well. But uh, broadstreetreview.com as well um, for that. Great. Heck yeah. Uh, as usual, if, I don't know, you think I'm funny or whatever, uh, or more likely, if you want to, um, tweet, um, script ideas for episodes of Gay's Anatomy, you can find me on Twitter (laughs) at underscore glittergoblin underscore. Make sure you tell me which celebrity guest star happens in your spec script. (laughs) (laughs) And you can find My Gay Agenda on iTunes if you're already there. Why not give us a rating and subscribe, um, tell your friends. You can find us on Facebook. Um, we just ran a giveaway, and those winners are getting their respective books and T-shirts and stickers as we speak. Woo. Um, and you can also find us on Twitter, uh, Gay Agenda Cast, and on Patreon uh, at patreon.com/slash/mygayagenda. Um, just like Dr. Rachel, guest star Higgins. <laughs> That's right. My younger sister is has, by being a donor to us, joined the cast of Gay's Anatomy. Gaze Anatomy. I accept awesome. that. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like nepotism, but okay. <laughs> and she's I don't know. She's she's giving us money. Does that make her a producer? Kind of. A little bit. Oh, okay. Doctor producer, producer Rachel. <laughs> she brought some resources to the table. Yeah. She got producer credit. That's true. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, until next time, put this on your gay agenda. Fight the power. Love yourself. Make an Instagram for your cat. Get out of your own way. Yeah. And get, get out, out of your own, own way. way. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I need to do that. And also make an Instagram for my cats. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get out of my own way and make an Instagram for yes. my cats. <laughs> yes. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> That's our gay agenda. That's our gay agenda. That's our gay agenda. We just want to exist. Hmm. We do have ghosts, so. It could be that. They might be picked up. Maybe. As long as they're gay ghosts, you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Woo! <laughs> <Yay. laughs> yes! Bye, <Bye-bye>, <laughs> <laughs> We don't.
know exactly how to welcome geckos. Yes. <laughs> My gay agenda. Geckos are welcome here. 